A group of misguided animal rights activists free a caged chimp infected with the rage virus from a medical research lab. When London bike courier Jim, Killian Murphy, wakes up from a coma a month after, he finds his city all but deserted. On the run from the zombie-like victims of the rage, Jim stumbles upon a group of survivors, including Selena, Naomi Harris, and cab driver Frank, Brendan Gleeson, and joins them on a perilous journey to what he hopes will be safety. This is Movie Time Machine. Hello, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Movie Time Machine, where we take movies from the past and relive them in the present. This week's movie is 28 Days Later, directed by Danny Boyle, written by Alex Garland, starring Killian Murphy, Naomi Harris, and Brendan Gleeson. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and joining me today is my Time Machine cohort, Jamie. How you hey, doing? what's up, Chad? How are you? Surviving the apocalypse right now. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> That's all we can ask for. <laughs> right. So currently, this is kind of like a time capsule now. So as of today, in the state of Minnesota, March 25th, in the year 2020, I uh, just announced today that we're going to be on further, what, stay at home, they're calling it. Essentially, the... Shelter in place, which a lot of other states are doing in the nation. So we'll be starting that for two more weeks on Friday. And kind of things are still going to be kind of on lockdown for another month, essentially. So that's where we stand now in our little time capsule. But why don't we talk about uh, what we've been watching, Jamie? Yeah, for sure. So with all of this extra time on my hands, not really. I'm home with two very young girls and working from home. <laughs> so really not as much free time as you would think. But there is enough time here and there to squeeze in a movie or two. And um, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I'm kind of rewatching all the Marvel films in thre- theatrical order. Uh, that would be on Disney+. Plus. For those of you who yeah, how far you... don't have it. <laughs> yeah. How far have you gotten in that so far? So I'm at the dark world right now. Halfway through. Yeah, not it's my... Thor. Thor. Okay. Yeah. Not my favorite, but that's not the movie I wanted to talk about right now. Um, okay. I actually wanted to highlight. You're, you're like, thank God. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was just... Um, struck rewatching Iron Man 3 how much fun that movie is and okay I haven't got to that one yet tell oh, me about it okay I won't I won't give too many spoilers but I think it just gets lost in the mental shuffle for me because the first Iron Man is so good then Avengers comes right before Iron Man 3 and then we're into Civil War and the rest Black Panther and then Thanos shows up so it kind of gets lost in the shuffle but what it does really well is um, where 2 was kind of the sequel that fell flat. 3 really just did a different thing with Tony. He spends much of the movie outside of his suit and, you know, doing the not-so-subtle, is he Iron Man, is he Tony Stark, who is he really? But I, that's not what yeah. I admire about it. I think what's really cool is just how hard it is 
for the third film in a series with a character that iconic to keep it interesting and fresh. And I think it really does that. I mean, his uh, partnership with Rhodes is that much more interesting and their bond is cooler and tighter in this one. And the villain's really good, which cannot be said for a lot of the Marvel films. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I've kind of struggled. I, you know, like a while back, I started my MCU journey and I think I stopped at. Yeah, I think I watched Iron Man 2, then I tried to watch Thor, and that's kind of threw me off course, and I haven't, <laughs> I haven't really <laughs> d- dove back into it. But um, just from like what I've kind of like dove into like here and there, like just called bits and pieces of, and like the MCU, like the Iron Man movies have been more, I guess, appealing to me um, versus the others. But I can't really put, um, you know, that's my thumb on like the the pulse of the reason why, but yeah, it's probably just as you stated. I feel like the character d- development of Tony Stark, and that is the most interesting part, and that's probably why two fails a little bit. But yeah, yeah, I, I awesome. Agree. What are you watching? Yeah, Chad? so uh, what have I been watching? I. So outside of watching 28 Days Later, I'm still going down the Robotech trek, so diving into that once in a while. Keep it still keeping my interest. Been doing a little bit of Twilight Zone here. I just rewatched the Monsters Are Due on the Maple Drive. I always get it confused. Maple Street? Maple, Maple Street. Drive. Street. Maple Street, yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. If you haven't seen that before, def- definitely recommend Everyone going out and watching that is currently on Netflix right now. Uh, so is Robotech. But um, uh, kind of like a a gem for me, an old gem for me that I found while I was digging through some movies on Hulu is uh, an anime from the mid to early 90s called Ninja Scroll. And that is an awesome movie. It's so good. It's I think it's kind of why... I, I like the movie uh, Kill Bill so much. <laughs> it like and it's like if you took Kill Bill and um like a like Ninja Gaiden from like Nintendo or something. It almost oh, has like this. Yeah, it's, it's hyper so violent. Not, <laughs> I guess like the some of the fight scenes is because like you have it's essentially it's like boss fights. You know, like you have like the. There's like the eight devils of Kimon and um, kind of like your protagonist is going through to kill all these um, devils for some reason yet you learn <clears throat> in the end uh, what's driving that. But yeah, it's so good. I mean, it's not only just like the, the hyper violent stuff, but I think just like the art direction in it is done well. It's just like a super cool story. And it's like just under 90 minutes, I think. So it's a nice quick movie to hop into. So it's a lot of fun. It's probably the anime I've watched the most. But yeah, currently that's on Hulu. Oh, man, I canceled Hulu too soon. I'm looking at the stills here on IMDb and this looks sweet. Yeah, it's it's man. It's probably got to be one of my favorite. It's in my top five anime. Wow. For anime movies. It's really good, but yeah. I mean, it, 
it's probably maybe below Robotech. Just because I've seen it so much, but yeah, Ninja Scroll, I've seen that movie a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. But a lot. <laughs> anyway, why don't we uh, dive into the topic of the show, which is yeah. 28 Days Later. Um, Can I throw a curveball at you right out of the gate? Yeah. We, we didn't prepare for this, but I really do want to ask. Yeah. And sure. I have I have my answer too, but curious what you say. Is it in bad taste to do a zombie film during this heightened sensitive time of a pandemic yeah i thought about that <laughs> <laughs> it's either like insensitive or like perfect timing you know yep i think there's maybe some things we can learn from this movie um, yeah especially I, the way i think how you know maybe all certain forces are reacting to it but Almost, you can watch this movie, then you can kind of see things happening in real time. Kind of how they could lead up to that moment when we get Jim waking up in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I like that answer, and I don't disagree. I I think there's a lot of scary, hard feelings to work through right now, and that's kind of when I actually turn to horror movies it's my preferred genre but i think they do offer a lot of help in that way um at the very least the world could always be worse so watching a movie like this it's like okay at right. least we're not there right not- right right yeah for the most part a lot of people are getting sick but and for the most part people that are passing from this are you know like our vulnerable vulnerable population so it's not like everyone that's catching this is dying like in contagion (laughs) right you know like it's not at that level which would be a lot scarier i think than our current situation but i like our current situation now like i think everyone's fear and the reactions are like the scariest part of it is more scary than like the virus itself right now. I guess for me anyway. <clears throat> I go back and forth at the same time. I've seen some videos. Wait. Yeah. That yeah, it scares the hell out of me of the virus itself, but I think statistically speaking what you're saying is correct. It's yeah, it's just hard to soften the blow for that 2% who yeah are experiencing the worst but i mostly agree yeah we'll see yeah we'll see hopefully we see <laughs> right right <laughs> you know on that same topic though it's kind of for me it personally it's kind of brought to light just kind of how obsessed we are with consumerism and how much that drives most of our social life here in the States, I feel like, or like a large population of the nation. So it's like if you, once you start cutting out, you know, like these things like going out to restaurants and 
you know, going to the store outside of like going to the grocery store right now, which is kind of terrifying when you see all the empty shelves, but maybe in like a cynical way, it's just this idea of like how consumerism is kind of drives like our reason for living <laughs> in yeah. a way, but and I, I think too, I've even questioned this out loud to other people I've discussed with is, was our country just designed to bear the brunt of this in the worst way? Like, are we fundamentally incapable of locking this down? You know, I just, right. I will, we will <clears throat> always wonder what would have happened if right away our government and our society was on the ball. I, I yeah. just, I've heard reports that, yeah, that's what it takes. It takes two weeks. Everyone get their shit together. You starve the virus, and then we all move yep. on. Nobody loses right. their jobs. Way fewer people lose right. their lives. Right. Instead of uh, everyone taking like an ad hoc approach to it. Yes. Seems like, yes. you know, <laughs> this is uh, great for uh, a lot of those Republicans that are into uh, separation of, you know, the Federalists, right? They want more power to the states, so the the governors of states are kind of doing their own thing, and the federal government is staying out of it, and it's probably not the best for the nation, you know? (laughs) Totally. You can look at the states and relative to who their governor is and how they've reacted. And it's with the exceptions of New York and California, because big cities, that's just, that's a different conversation, but... Yeah, just like the big cities that get lots of international traffic amount of people easy to spread like large numbers so yeah i get it there but yeah it's crazy you know it's kind of like it's a good i feel like one-to-one i guess for real life and this movie um right while watching this, there was a lot of like for me, like in my own head, just thinking through, like, oh my god, like what if you know this did happen, or our supply chain gets shut down, and right. not able what to get any do? food, and yeah. But I don't know. Like maybe in a way too, it's good to be faced with, you know, a challenge like that. <laughs> Not to happen, but challenging yourself to like, you know, how, you know, if you were to lose access to these things, what would you do? You know, like, do you have enough food to like ration yourself for like a month or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, it's no secret that we were a complacent, content, fat and happy nation. Oh, Un- yeah. Yeah, completely unprepared. Yeah, but. Maybe when we get through this, maybe this will, I don't know. It's definitely going to change us. I've described this a lot to, uh, you know, Angela. I've called this like a slow moving nine eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, just how it's slowly, it's having almost like the same impact of kind of drilling this fear of, you know, like a new enemy, the unknown kind of thing, but. Right. Something that we haven't really experienced here before in modern times, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's really interesting because with nine eleven, I'm I'm old enough to remember it. Um, it it was 
I mean, it didn't require any explanation. You you watch the news footage, you see the plane go into the tower, and you understand, you, you know, like, the fear is instant. And yeah. your patriotism follows soon after. And right. Yeah, with this, like you said, it's just so slow moving. Like, we, we did. People, at least in this country, came to their senses in waves. And I, I still don't think we're completely there yet. No, no. I'm still waiting for that to happen. Yeah. Then <laughs> the darker thought that I have about that is, you know, back to like recalling my experience with 9 11. And um, I remembering like after I turned on the TV and saw like the, you know, pluming smoke coming from the towers. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like what, what's that skyline going to look at? These towers are just going to be standing there and they're going to have like these giant, like gaping, like, you know, holes in them and like the amount of time that it's going to take to repair these like this is just going to be like a scar that we're going to have to look at with no idea of even like imagining like the the towers just falling oh wow you know that was like the unexpected thing so i was like what <laughs> what is like the like the one-to-one to that currently now like what i'm thinking like what is the tower that's going to fall that i don't think is going to fall that thing, the unexpected. no one was expecting yeah wow that's a really scary and interesting way to think of it yeah that didn't even occur to me yeah scared the shit out of me when i thought about it that way but <laughs> yeah no kidding but let's go back to the movie Whew. happier things some... like zombie <laughs> <laughs> yeah so let's let's talk about this movie so let's talk about like uh zombies and let's just make it just out there front and center that we're just going to talk about this movie as if whoever is listening to this has seen this movie so we're not going to go into like entire plot details stuff like that so we'll probably just hop around different subjects that we want to talk about the films that are getting buried into like uh plot from beginning to end so but you say zombies right so uh and I know you kind of you put this on a couple of your questions here for discussion topics. So, uh, zombie movie versus infected movie, and I think. <laughs> so, how do you feel about that? Would you, this is <laughs> I would still consider this like a zombie movie, uh, even though like the you're infected aren't technically undead because they do bring up uh, a few times in a movie like the idea of like thinking that you could starve them out. Uh, right especially when you come across like the soldiers that have the the one infected that's captured but um yeah do you Um, have any thoughts on that i i do well and i the reason i ask is because there's certain coroners of the horror internet where yeah that them are fighting words you know right zombie film versus infected yeah and i to me honestly sure it's technically an infected movie but it's all the same. I mean, it's right. it's a horde right. of not people trying to right. make you one of them. That's right. it. So, what would be? You know, can you think of any like infected movies at the top of your head that would be? Uh World War Z. Um, okay, well, yeah, that's right. Th- this one's sequel, but that doesn't feel like it counts. Um, 
what else is an infected? And see, this is where it gets murky because Night of the Living Dead was like a radioactive satellite or something. So yeah, is that infected? Are they a zombie? Right. Do you have to die right. first? So I, I think maybe like that's in the a, distinction. Yeah, yeah. To me, I mean, I'm not a diehard either. I don't really get bent out of shape on either one. You know, they're both kind of like apocalyptic films of some sort of like <laughs> downfall <laughs> of society, right? Its current structure, right? Um, I think the thing I like about these types of movies, though, it kind of shows like how. You know, it's kind of how like our faith in institutions and like our structures of, um, you know, all the infrastructure that we have that holds up all the things that, you know, like get us our food or get us our gas that supplies to everything we get on a daily basis, like how quickly, you know, that could be cut off. And that's, you know, like, and how do people handle that? Like, what do they do? Like irrational things like, ah, uh, who was it? I know in this film, they talk about somebody that, they said that they, I thought it was this movie, like they they were heading to the airport, like him and his mother, and they had thought they could buy their way into the plane. And he's like, well, it seems like everyone else had the same idea, and how like they got trampled at the airport. That's yeah, how they split yeah. up with his his mother and his that's, sister. That's Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. That was a good story. Yeah, and. It's like that quote that Jim has when they're explaining to him what's going on after his hospital coma. He's like, what do you mean there's no government? There's always a government. They're in a bunker yeah. <laughs> on a plane. Like, right. he just doesn't get it. Right. Right. So now when he wakes up, I, I was trying to look this up. Are, is he actually waking up like 28 days later after this happened? Or like he was in the hospital during this time? Uh, I think, or is it like after the monkey breakout? <laughs> you know what? I never really thought this through because it couldn't have been 28 days later because he'd be dead. Right. Right. That was, that was my thought. It had, you're right. I think it must've been when the monkey broke out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we kind of get a timeline from, Mark and Selena, you know, first it was the small towns and then, you know, the news was covering it like uh, riot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that part. So, I, but I'm glad we got to it because, yeah, I, I would have just assumed it was 28 days from when he woke up, but that's not right. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so I did see on letterbox that you you gave this a five-star rating yes um, i think i recall you telling me is this like one of your favorite movies or one of the scariest movies it's both both okay yeah All i right. love it on many different levels and you know what honestly this time when i watched it i was rethinking my five-star rating i almost knocked it down to four and a half or a four which is something i never do i never <laughs> I never go down in my ratings. I only go yeah. up if I see right. a film again. Right. And I don't know if you want to jump into it now or we can save it, but it was the ending that made me like, oh, uh, I don't know. Now, which ending? Like the the first ending? 
Yeah, the first ending. Okay. Um, and so where they like they kind of they escape and they looks like they find a house. They're kind of isolated and they are using. I don't know. Looks like they're stitching up. Maybe using sheets or something. They spell out help and eventually, like a jet flies by. Yes. And they get the get their attention and. It's kind of like, yeah, and like, it was, oh, I, yeah, and it so was you get even, the idea that they're saved, yeah, and it even began before that when Jim like becomes the zombie, even though he's not, you know, that's like the the metaphor they're playing there. He's he's monstrous, but he's alive, and oh, the, during the escape part of the film, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> But I think ultimately I'm still okay with it. Um, I just, yeah, I, I it felt like a different movie than the first half. Like I felt the writers' room more, if you will, in the second half than the first. I was, you know, the first is like, oh yeah, this is what would totally happen. Like these guys are lucky to be alive. The second is, yeah, I can feel the director keeping them alive. To, yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of felt that. <clears throat> but what was kind of changing my I was getting that same feeling too but at the same time I was thinking like, oh what would that be like if you like because they escaped they got out of the city right yeah there, and to like buy like some old runes of some building or whatever and excuse me then you get the kind of sense of like you know like a different kind of freedom that they have they're not like trapped in this claustrophobic building in like a city they're kind of out in the open in a way and they're like relaxing and kind of having fun like all four of them and i guess that kind of there's like that kind of light-hearted piece of it you know and yeah how they're kind of bonding together um which i maybe makes that ending fit a little bit better with the rest of the film yeah but, <laughs> But these movies generally, I feel like, don't end like that either. Um, so it's kind of where my thought was on that. And you, you took the words right out of out of my mouth. They don't. So it's actually contrarian in that way, mm-hmm. which yep, I think right. works to its advantage. <clears throat> but I also do like the alternate ending, which I completely forgot about. You know, after like the after the end credit scene. Um, which where Jim actually dies, then yes. um, then they just kind of go on. They move on. He's dead. He's gone, and they just are moving on. It's right, the same thing. You know, it's just survival for right. the two of them. But yeah, and I guess I wouldn't have been mad with that ending either. It's yeah, like you said, it would have fit the theme. It it would have made sense in that world in zombie movies. Um, I'm I'm glad we did get a different one though, and I also was glad too because there's a part at the beginning where Selena's explaining the outbreak to Jim, and she yeah. says there were reports of infected in Paris and New York, which doesn't make sense. Like, how would an an infected would have had to have gotten on a boat or a plane, and how's that happening? Right, right, yeah, because they kind of gave you the idea that it was isolated to the island. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. To the UK. Yeah. So I was glad it ended <clears throat> that way. You know, it felt like it was isolated to the island because the plane shows yeah. up. Right. Because I think one of the soldiers, too, is mentioning that the, that the island is quarantined. Yeah, that's and right. And saying, like, everyone outside of the island is living, like, a normal life, and the rest of them are just left there to die. Right. And and then that makes what Selena says more interesting because it just shows how much misinformation gets thrown around when right, right. things like this happen. Yep. And just how people aren't thinking clearly. Yeah, and how much easier that is. I mean, you see that today now currently with the current state of, you know, the world right now. So Oh, totally. You're at home. <clears throat> Seeing like, like, why are you posting that? That's not true. You don't. Yeah. It's like, how do you know that? No one knows that. <laughs> right. People are are hearing things, you know. Well, I hear, well, I hear somebody said that they heard from somebody else who posted on Facebook. Oh, that yeah, right. that's good. <laughs> well, I know a friend I work with. Her husband's friend knows another guy that works with the other guy that is in the army and knows the governor. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Seriously. Oh, man. Uh, what else do you like about this movie? Hey, oh. Actually, you got some good questions here that I want to um, answer, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, go for one it. One here is like, um, where's the first place you would go after waking up in the hospital? So that was like, I saw this question, and this is what actually started making me think of, you know, like, how many days has he actually been in the hospital? Yeah. Because I'm thinking like, well, like what's the, like the people just like split or is there food available? So I'm, I'm, I'm searching through that entire hospital for some sort of like all the food can't be gone. Right. And I'm, I'm hanging out. I'm holding myself up in that hospital because I'm thinking a lot of stuff that I need is going to be there. <laughs> Oh, I'm such an idiot. I didn't. I didn't even think of that. But you're absolutely right. That's that's where all the medicine is. Yeah. What was your plan? <laughs> to go find family, but that's so stupid. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so selfish. <laughs> oh. I, but you're right, though. Like, so you you survive, and I I probably die. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. I know. I was currently, well, like, was thinking of, especially with what's going on here, too, is like, oh, what's a way that you can, like, possibly hack, like, the phone lines to where, like, say, if, you know, like, you know, all communication went down, like, is there a way that we can still access the phone lines? And I remember I couldn't find anything on this too. I think um, back in the day when you had uh, like phone booths and like, you know, where you just go put a couple quarters in a phone and call from like a gas station or whatever. We used to have this thing. It's called a red box Mm -hmm. and you can get, it was like a phone dialer essentially. 
and you could store all your phone numbers in there. Then when you need to make a call, instead of having to dial, you just put the dialer up to the phone and the phone reads the the dial tones and that's how you can make the call. But there's like a, a, a chip that you could put in those. It's some kind of like red crystal or something, da 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 And it, it makes, because <clears throat> every time you put a quarter into those pay phones, it makes like a, a low tone beep, like a triple or quadruple beep. And that's the quarter tone. Well, you put this um, chip into these dialers and it would alter the tone of the dialer until with the same quarter tone. So you would take the red box then, put it up to the phone, use the quarter tone, and that's how you'd get free phone calls. Whoa. With a payphone. There's also a thing that's called a beige box, <laughs> which is essentially taking like a telephone, um, like a corded telephone, and putting like uh, like alligator clips on the ends of the line, and plugging those into like uh like how like the phone lines are set up on like telephone poles or some shit like that weird so anyway long story short i was like i need to look up to figure out how to make these beige boxes so just in case like shit <laughs> shit falls apart <laughs> i can somehow like try to communicate with people right <laughs> everyone's cell phones won't work but oh, yeah never it's so oh you just reminded <laughs> me of something i was gonna say never discount analog technician or i'm sorry technology and tools because I was at the bank right. the other day and having to make some crucial deposits and I was using the tube system and I cannot mm. tell you the last time I saw someone going through the drive-thru using the tubes at the bank. So <laughs> <laughs> we got beige box and we got the tube system. I know the tube system still fascinates me. Right. <laughs> oh, I used to love that sound. <laughs> And, you know, it, that cannot be more sanitary than walking up to the counter. I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's <laughs> right, no way. Right. Just slathering your germs all over the... the what, what, what do you call that? The capsule? Yeah, the capsule. So, yeah. Okay. I want to go on to the next question that you posed here. So, all right. So we figured out first place you go after waking up in hospital... I figured out that you would die and I would survive. Yep. So, but let's say you survived. Would you seek out other survivors or would you isolate by isolate yourself? So, so, and this might get I me guess, killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say, it's already kind of spoiled because I obviously was isolating myself in the hospital and you're going to go seek out family. But, uh, yeah. Um, let's just say after you found your family, would you look for other survivors? Okay, so I two different answers here. If if I find my family, I we're done. Like we're done looking. Yeah. Unless we happen across people. Um but if not, then yes, I would seek out survivors. Um because I mean if I'm gonna live in a post apocalyptic world by myself, what's the point? It's true. Yeah, I like that answer. Yeah. It's like that one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes, um, 
all the time in the world. Have you seen that one? Oh, that one's so good. The guy that <laughs> just wants to find time to read. Yep. And like the the bombs drop. And he's yep. like the only one alive. Yep. Right, and he gets access to the library, then like he has all these books to read, and he breaks his glasses. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a classic. Oh. Yeah, it's a good one. So, yeah, maybe, you know, they might betray me and kill me and eat me, but whatever. Yeah, I would try to prepare. So, like, right now, I was thinking, like, oh, maybe I need to reach out to, like, Jamie, Chris, Casey, and James (laughs) and be like, okay, if, if shit goes down, we can't contact each other. We know that we probably have some sort of supplies. Like, how could we, like, meet up or, like, or can oh. we, like, you know, build, like, a bunker or... <laughs> I like this. Who has, who has the high ground, you know? Who has the high ground? <laughs> well, I can tell you right now, if this really goes south, I'm heading probably... Oh, shoot. I wouldn't go west for family, but that would be too perilous right off the jump. So I'd probably go North first to Duluth. I, I want a coastline at my back. Oh yeah. So I like that. That would be my first move. See, I always think that my option to like get out of the city would be limited. Cause at that point there'd probably be like some sort of martial law. True. They wouldn't let, yeah, I don't know. It'd be tricky. 62 is always closed anyway. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Be like all those assholes right now that are like packing all their food up and going to their cabins up north and getting everyone up there sick. <laughs> right. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, overwhelming, like wiping out like their grocery stores of food. and Right. It was like oh, here, like up in Cook County, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're like, if any of these people like spread any kind of infection up there, it's just going to overwhelm the hospitals there and like instant. Oh, totally. <laughs> There's nothing up there. <laughs> yeah, and they were as of a couple days ago, they weren't red. <laughs> you know, they were clean. Right. Right. Oh, right. Ah, all right. Um. How about this one? I want to see what this one works for you. So what's the scariest scene in this film for you? Okay, so I know my answer right away. Okay. Um, Want me to go first? You go first, yeah. I'll go first. For me was the scene when they're in the tunnel. Uh Uh-huh. Like after they drive over like all like the piled up cars and like they get like the flat tire and they're changing the tire. And you start hearing kind of like that high pitched like sound and like what is that what is that it's just like all those rats running towards them that was freaky and then you figure out oh the rats are running from the infected and that whole scene of them trying to get get the tire changed to get in the car and escape from that was like freaky yeah for me it was like the scariest scene how about you i that one is a very close second and on some nights that's i think that's the most well shot like the tension is the best in that scene yeah um yes but the one that affects me most is when they're in jim's house and he lights that candle 
and starts walking through his house at night and the infected just bursts through the window and the skylight because oh yeah yeah it's it's just it's a slip of the good. brain it's a yeah and i think that's where like oh the smallest thing could get you killed like yeah. you have to be on your game at all times good call and, i forgot about that scene oh and i just like you know being up with the kids you know i i'm, I'm a big boy i'm a grown man things, yeah. <laughs> things don't scare me but i just from time to time when shit's crazy like this and i'm awake by myself at three in the morning making the kid a bottle you know i look twice at the window i'm like oh shit right <laughs> right <laughs> no. oh i hear you i know for the longest time our um our patio doors um we've put new ones on they have blinds built into them but before oh. that we really didn't have a way to like hang up like any kind of like curtain just because it's wedged in between like our other cabinets there's not a lot of space there so we just like someday we're gonna get new patio doors with blinds in them but until that moment we got like those blinds like i always felt so vulnerable <laughs> just like giant window like there's no way to get like any privacy yeah, like there's you, someone always watching me right you think you would feel safer <laughs> but you don't <laughs> right <laughs> like <laughs> oh man oh let's see here so we kind of talked about the ending um yes so do you think over time do you think this this movie is held up let's just jumping jump into that part Whew. that's a good question um and I, I'm super biased. I love the movie. Um, so I will try and be as objective as possible. But I I think so. Mm-hmm. It's The scary scenes still scare me, which is usually a good sign. You know, they don't feel dated. Um, I, I think what's impressive, too, and what you, I will say, will never see again is the scene where he clears out London. Like oh they, yeah, I know. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I'm sure it's on the special features somewhere, but they had what like ten minutes at five in the morning or something to film at sunrise before the city woke up and got going. Yeah, yeah, it was like done over like multiple days, wasn't it? I think you're right. I think, yeah, and I just yeah, I just have a hard time believing that you will have a filmmaker who will take those pains to actually clear out a city where they could yeah. just digitally be, do the same thing yeah cgi studio combination yeah. of the two but yeah and yeah. i think it makes the movie because london is empty and that's scary as hell right like it is right now right exactly <laughs> exactly oh <laughs> uh, yeah i think this movie holds up i really like this movie um not saying that it isn't flawed, you know, at times, but mm-hmm. I think it's it's a pretty unique film. Um, this movie actually kind of kickstarted, I feel like, the modern, like, day zombie infected craze. I'm not saying it's responsible for it, but I feel like this is like if you could put a marker on like the modern zombie 
movie genre, I feel like, oh, you could probably safely say that this was kind of like the beginning of it. Because I think the following year you get um, the, the Day of the Dead, I think, comes out. So I think you kind of start getting a string of um, these zombie-infected films more frequently after these uh, films that came out in the early 2000s. If you agree or disagree. No, you're. I think you're absolutely right. And I was trying to look up. Um, I like my Google search was first time you see a fast zombie on film, and I there might be some indie horror film out there that can actually claim that title. But yeah, as far as you know, the zeitgeist is concerned. I I, I this was it because. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Dawn of the Dead follows two years later. Those are fast zombies, too. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was something that uh, horror fans, zombie fans hadn't seen yet was, you know, they're slow. You can get away from them. This one's like, they're going to kill you. You better be faster than they are. <laughs> yeah, did, did you see this in the, in the theater when it came out? No, I was just mm. too young uh, yeah what about you yeah i did see this it was i think the time the roommates i had were like big like movie horror movie fans because i remember i saw this and actually 2003 was like a good movie year for me because i saw a lot of movies in the theater that year <laughs> <laughs> like I, I counted like 16 i think wow I went which to, other ones do you remember um oh boy you're putting me on the spot now i like like the matrix reloaded matrix revolution um kill bill volume one um was it big fish yeah you immigrate yeah like that was that year um anchorman I don't know. It's quite a few. Nice. Quite a few. Good movie year. Oh, that's a great movie year. Yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I think this movie holds up. It's pretty unique. I would give it a four out of five if I were to rate this film. Um, it's probably more skewed to, like, you know, if you're into, like, this genre of films, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, it, I call it filmed. It's kind of has like this, it's like the filters they used on it when they filmed it, but it has like this certain grit to it that really fits the the theme of the movie. And this is, I think this is probably the beginning too of a nice run that a Killian Murphy has too. Cause right after the, this, he does uh, like Batman Returns and he's yeah. in a lot of Nolan, Christopher Nolan films. That's right. He's in Inception. Like movies, Inception. Dunkirk. Yeah. You're right. Nolan does yeah. like him. Yeah. Great call. Oh, yeah. before I forget, have you ever seen the sequel? Yeah. Um, thoughts on it? I don't. I didn't really remember it, and I just went back and just was watching some clips from the film, and I was like, I don't think this movie was that good. I remember? remember, 
I remember liking it. I don't remember loving it, but I remember liking yeah. it. It, it. It was it was a very different movie, but yeah, yeah. like you said, I don't remember much about it. But yeah, if he has a big cast, I mean, if you go back I, and look at who's in that movie, it's it's kind of like holy shit, like I think Yeah, well, if you want to run down the names, I I was looking too. I just thought the same thing and I think it's before they all got really famous. Yeah, like Jeremy Renner, um, Idris Elba. Yeah, Rose Byrne. Yeah. Nope, that's... Harold Perrineau did a lot of TV before this movie. But... I can't think of... Uh, what's his name? I can't see an image of him, but he was also in uh, Train Spotting. I can't think of the actor's name. Oh, shoot. I don't know who that is. Here. Give me a second. There we go. Robert Carlyle. Robert Carlyle. Yeah, he was. Shit, who was he in? Train spotting. I love that movie. Big B. He was Big B in Train Spotting. <laughs> Still need to see that. No, I haven't seen that? Uh-uh. Oh, so good. So good. A little disturbing, but has a great soundtrack. Oh, I'm always <laughs> down for a good soundtrack. Yeah. But yeah, um, Let's talk about box office quick. Let's I mean, do it. Quite well. I mean, eighty-seven million, eighty-seven point seven million on a budget of eight million. Um, Ebert gave it three stars. Uh, go to Rotten Tomatoes. It's an eighty-six percent critic score, eighty-five percent audience score. So that's kind of like a. I feel like it's rare when you get that audience and critic score that line almost so yeah you're right then um imdb has a 7.6 rating so i think it's about right i mean it's kind of all it's a probably like a i would say it's a great movie i would do it and those are high for a horror film that's pretty oh yeah well loved for a scary movie yeah yeah, so check it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is there anything? Oh, I wanted to talk about quick, or talk quick. Yeah, so just want to throw in there, like, uh, director Danny Boyle, he's known for uh, Train Spotting. I uh, did Sunshine, Slumdog Millionaire, 127 Hours. Steve Jobs, I don't know what Steve Jobs movie. Oh, the yeah. good one, the great one. It's so good. With uh, okay. Yeah, the I, I think Aaron Sorkin wrote it. Wrote it. Okay. Yes. With Fassbender. Uh, yeah, so, you... uh, the British Film Institute ranked Train Spotting the tenth greatest British film of the twentieth century, which is saying a lot. 
Uh, the writer Alex Garland, um, if you were familiar or unfamiliar with the game, Enslaved Odyssey to the West, he also helped, did some, he co wrote a um, story for that game. And he also was a story supervisor on the DMC Devil May Cry game that came out in 2013. The screenplay is of 28 Days Later Sunshine and the Dread movie. Yeah, I, I love his mind and I'm equal parts terrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really love Danny Boyle too, but I think it might be Alex Garland the reason why I'm drawn to this movie in the way that yeah. I am. Because, yeah, Ex Machina rocked my socks off and oh, sort of really? Annihilation. I still want to see that. I, think... I still want to see both those films. Oh, man. Annihilation's a trip. All right. It's, yeah, it's good stuff. So is Ex Machina. I might give the edge to Annihilation, but they're completely different movies. Yeah, do yourself a favor, Chad. Ex Machina might still be on Netflix. I'm not sure. Yeah, I saw, I just, yeah, it's on something I have. Yeah. I get this added to my list. Yeah, and Annihilation was on Hulu for a long time. I don't know if it still is. Yeah, it's still on there. I just added it to my queue. Those movies will make you sad inside, but happy at the same time for what a cool story it is. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I love that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. All right. Anything else you want to add? I'm kind of out of ideas nope that's it no nope, more zombies wash your hands people stay safe wash your hands yeah there's plenty of videos out there on how to wash your hands so <laughs> right <laughs> so i want to thank you for listening to this episode of movie time machine uh we have new episodes that drop uh every friday on your favorite podcasting platforms if you want to add or contribute to the show or if you have any questions for us um, drop us a message. You can find us on Twitter, Movie Time Machine. It's at Movie Machine Pod. Let us know what you think. We'll read your questions on the show. All right. And thank you. And see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.